All right, guys, we are back again. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of What's My Line. Coming to you live, or taped really, from the CMCB studios in North Hollywood, California. And today, I'm joined by an awesome, amazing, special guest, and her name is... Uh, Ember. Ember Gray. Ember Gray. How's it going, Ember? It's going good. Going good. Going good. Perfect. I'm glad things are going well. Ember's actually... Oh, I've known you for what? Seven years now, right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, say. it's crazy. It's crazy. Like when I first met you, like our, our mutual friend Ashley was like, "Oh, you should meet my friend Ember. She's awesome. She's cool and likes anime." And then <laughs> you mentioned like when we were out, and then you mentioned Dragon Ball Z, and then like my interest yeah. peaked up. Like, oh, okay, this girl does <laughs> her stuff. What's well, all right? <laughs> yes, love Dragon Ball Z. It's definitely one of my favorite animes of all time. Is that, like, your favorite one, or is it just, like, one of your best ones? It's definitely one of my best ones. It's hard for me to, like, pick a favorite, but that one probably just resonates with me the most as a favorite. So, yeah. I would say, like, well, so I had a friend in middle school. Her name was Heather, and she introduced me and my other friend, Jamie, to anime through uh, one called Fruits Basket. And she showed us that one, and we, like, loved it. And then she also showed us an anime called uh, Ranma One Half, I think it's called. And um, that one was cool, too. And then it kind of just escalated from there. (laughs) You got the anime bug after that. Yeah, absolutely. Favorite anime character? Oh, man. From Dragon Ball. Let's go current. And current and all time. That way it's a little easier. Okay. Um, I don't know. I want to say all time is probably Vegeta, just because he's so awesome. Uh, from Dragon Ball Z. Currently, uh, oh man. I'm trying to think of a recent anime I've been. Well, I would, I would say currently maybe, um, I love Roy Mustang from Full Mount Alchemist. He's definitely a favorite. Or Bakugo from My Hero Academia. You know, I keep hearing I should watch My Hero Academia. Everyone yeah. says, oh, you'd love it. It's amazing. And then when I was at Comic-Con this past year, I saw all of these, like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, this thing's big. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And pretty much at conventions right now. And it's been like this for the past three years because there's been three seasons about half of the cosplayers at conventions are all my hero, and then the other half is just other stuff. It's crazy how big this anime is. And there's so many awesome characters, so it's really just, like, almost hard to pick who you want to cosplay as, because there's probably, like, five that you want to, like, dress up as. <laughs> how many episodes are in each season? Um, I think about, like, 25-ish. And then the new season starts... Uh, next month, I think, in October, season four comes out. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Catch up and join along with the My Hero Academia craze. Do it. It's so good. (laughs) Well, since we mentioned mentioned cosplays, one of, like, the things I'm sure people are starting to know about you, you're just, like, this amazing cosplayer. What got you into starting? Oh, no problem. Yeah, (laughs) of course. What got you into cosplaying? Um... I really just, like, love 
ha- loved Halloween time. I mean, I still do. But then I would found myself wanting to dress up not just for Halloween. <laughs> so I started making more costumes, or I would have, like, four costumes that I would wear during Halloween. Like, I would have an event that I would go to, like, at separate times, and I would just wear a different one each time. Um, and then I started making my own cosplays for Halloween. The first one was um, Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII, but I used her outfit from Kingdom Hearts 1 because it was more, the colors were a lot more vibrant. Um, and that was, I want to say like 2008, and then I've just been doing it ever since. And I, I found that there's like a huge cosplay community with conventions and stuff to where you can dress up and do cosplays throughout the year, not just for Halloween. Yeah, like, um, I think when I went to one of my first cons, because I, you know, I love to dress up as well. Yeah. And I dressed up for, I think it was Dallas Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And I met this, like, this community of cosplayers. and like, oh, yeah, we just do this regularly. I was like, what? And I just became really fascinated with this. Like, oh, wow, this is a a regular thing for everybody. Everyone has this, like, this idea of wanting to dress up more than just Halloween. So, all right, cool. Oh, yeah. I want to say... Ashley, our mutual friend, took me to my first convention, and it was uh, Comic-Con in Dallas. Um, And that same year was the first year I went to Acon in Dallas as well. Um, I want to say that was like seven or eight years ago. Um, And I've made friends during both of those conventions that, like, I still, like, talk to today. It's just crazy. Everyone's so friendly. (laughs) Everyone's so friendly. Everyone's, like, so accepting. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's great. Super great. And you make your own cosplays, right? Yeah. Most of them I make myself. Um, I've been doing a lot more um, armor, and I make it, like, out of foam, uh, the EVA foam. And uh, my sewing skills aren't super great, so every time I have to do, like, a sewing part to my cosplay, it's like a huge ordeal. (laughs) I just have to spend so much time, but I mean, it's just practice. So I just have to practice more at, like, at it. Well, I can safely say, like, you're. I've seen the cosplay that you make, and they're just, they're awesome. You're doing such a really good job of it. Thank you. Thank you. What's yeah. the What's the hardest piece of cosplay you've made so far? Oh God, it was probably the the uh, jacket for the NCR Ranger. That took like, and I, I, it was like thick fabric because it was like fake leather, and so I would go over to my mom's and use her sewing machine because it's a lot heavy, like heavier. It's a lot heavy duty. It's heavy duty compared to the one I have, and so I would use that one. And she even like helped as well. It took us like two. I would say combined, like if we were to spend like four hours a day working on it. It took us like a week to like two weeks to make that thing. And it was, the fabric was just not fun to work with. But it was the only fabric I could find that was the type of material that I was kind of wanting for the jacket. And then the pattern that we used was super old. But it was the only one that I could find that was like old Western duster style. So... Which uh, convention did you take that one to? Um, 
I went to Comic-Con this year wearing it. I guess they call it Fan Days now, or Fan Expo. It's Fan Expo, yeah. Um, this year, it was in May. Um, super hot to wear, because the summers here in Texas are just the worst. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know that Texas weather at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was wanting to wear it to Acon, but they picked a new location, which was the fairgrounds. It says mostly all outside, and I would have died of, like, a heat stroke. <laughs> so it would have been so hot. I was already so hot in the cosplay I was wearing for it. What, uh, what cosplay did you wear to Acon? Um, I wore, the first day, I went as Misa Amane from uh, Death Note. And then the second day, I was uh, Katarina from League of Legends. It was her Death Sworn skin from the game. That one was fun to make. (laughs) And also hard. (laughs) You just went for, you went to Akon for uh, two days, three days? I went for all three days. We got like a hotel and just, yeah. Well, I guess technically four days because it was Thursday through Sunday. And for I always wondered, Acon. I know it's it's like anime convention, but people dress up as like it's not just restricted to anime. You can just dress no. up as whatever you right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, usually because uh, I I love dressing up more as like video game characters. So a lot of the times before I've dressed up as characters from video games obviously like Katarina and the NCR Ranger from Fallout or UV are all video game characters so um uh yeah so uh I guess more recently I've done more anime ones um I guess I like doing the video game ones because there's a lot more like armor and stuff uh the anime ones are (sighs) kind of more fabric like sewing style ones yeah. <laughs> and it's all time consuming to make and yeah you're in Except the weapons, machine, of course. yeah yeah so for like the weapons i know you you get to make your own weapons is it hard to get those cleared at conventions or is it just everyone's like oh okay it's just a well, fake weapon yeah it's it's usually okay because especially for um guns like they'll you know they inspect it and Especially like the ones I've made so far, the tips have been like closed off or like painted orange to show that they're like fake. And then mostly for like the sword weapons, they're made out of foam. So that's kind of, they're like super light and there's no way it could actually hurt anybody. The ones I made for Katarina though were made out of uh, easy cast resin. So they were actually kind of heavier and could knock someone on the head pretty hard. But um, it, I mean, it's. It was fine to take them in. Have you ever had to like travel with your cosplay? Because a couple years when I when I've gone to San Diego, mm-hmm. I like I'll go I go into like when I'm go to the airport, I have either like my Batman or Green Arrow costume, and then like TSA checks like oh what's this and it's like I'll have to put like the shame of like well I'm going to a Comic Con convention <laughs> so it's my Comic Con costume. Yeah, um, the only one I've, like, really traveled for is San Diego Comic-Con last year. I think it was last year that I went. And I didn't take any cosplays to that one because I was trying to cut down on any costs I could. And I knew if I brought a cosplay, I'd have to probably, like, pack 
two like suitcases full of stuff. Uh, because yeah, transporting that kind of stuff is crazy, especially if it's like a weapon or something. It would have to be in like a, um, like not a checked bag because they don't want that on the plane. You know, you want to just like be super careful. So uh, most of the ones that I go to are in Dallas, but I want to start going to ones maybe in like Austin as well, so that I can kind of start branching out because. I mean, they're starting to make more in the DFW area, but for a long time, it was only Comic-Con and Acon. Well, and A-Fest. Um, but that, so it was only like two or three times a year that I could make something, if I could even afford to go to all three of them. That's crazy how, like, as the yeah. community grows, like, to give back to the circuit, just growing and growing and growing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's so when you, it's when you went to San Diego... Like, that was your first time going. What was, like, your favorite experience of that? San Diego Comic-Con was probably one of the best conventions I've ever been to. It was huge. And even if you couldn't, like, pay to get in, there was so much stuff outside of the convention you could do. Uh, But definitely my favorite part was I got to meet uh, Chris Sabat and Sean Chamel, who are the voice actors for Goku and Vegeta, uh, amongst other things, like Piccolo and stuff, for... I just, like, was walking from the Dragon Ball Z exhibit, or I guess it was super, because that's, like, what was out at the time, Um, and they were just walking towards it, and I saw them, and Chris, like, took my phone and took a bunch of selfies with us, and it was awesome. It was so cool getting to meet them. Did you uh, you say any lines, and did you, like, say, oh, it's over 9,000, or... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah uh they have a lot of cool picture ops um at the like dragon ball super exhibit they had tons of props you could just like go and there were people there like their job was to like take pictures of you with your phone <laughs> so you got to do like a lot of cool things from the show like staying on the nimbus cloud or just have a scouter on and pose and stuff. It was super cool. Now, since you said your favorite Dragon Ball character was Vegeta, do you ever have you ever cosplayed as him before? No, but I've always wanted to. I almost put one together. Um, it was when I first started kind of cosplaying. My friend um, Elizabeth knew someone. His name's Jacob who still cosplays, they both still cosplay, and um, he was doing, like, a class on how to make armor with foam, and it's the first time I'd ever seen someone do that, but, like, during that time, there was never, like, there wasn't all these online stores that sold, like, foam. It was only, like, the thick foam that you could get at, uh, like, Harbor Freight that has the, like, it has like lines on the back that you would have to dremel off if you wanted to use it. So that was the first time I ever had that idea. And so I started to make it and then I just got distracted by another cosplay, which happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one day I will Well, do, maybe you can um, take it to maybe you can take it to San Diego next year. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Or they have a Kamehameha Con, which is basically a Dragon Ball convention here in Dallas now. So I could just plan to do that for next year. 
if you because I'm trying to get one of my friends into watching Dragon Ball, if you had to get like some, yeah, no, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. They're gonna love, trust me. But uh, but if you had to try to get someone to start watching Dragon Ball, what would you, what would you introduce them to? Would you introduce them to Dragon Ball Z first, or the original? We'll just skip GT altogether. Yeah, <laughs> for real, I would do. I would definitely introduce them to Dragon Ball Z first, just because um, Dragon Ball is still good, but it's more not kid friendly. But it's it's just there's not as many like fights and like like they have in Dragon Ball Z and stuff because they're all kids at the time so in Dragon Ball Z it's a lot more serious and has a lot cooler fights and stuff going on the only problem is there's so many like filler episodes or the fights take like 10 episodes like for one fight there is like uh, Dragon Ball yeah. to, like, five, it takes 20 episodes yeah <laughs> uh, I mean there is Dragon Ball Kai which like cuts it down but they change some of the dialogue and it's even different voice actors. So it just depends on the, like if they really are bothered by fillers, you could say Kai, but I think Dragon Ball Z is definitely the best place to start. What's your favorite saga? The Saiyan saga, Frieza, Cell, Boo, which one's your, which one's your favorite? Um, from Dragon Ball Z, the Cell saga is my favorite. And then from Dragon Ball Super, uh, the the uh, Future Trunks saga is definitely my favorite with like Black Goku and stuff. It's just so good. It's so good. I haven't watched Super yet. Everyone keeps telling me you need to watch Super, but I just have I got so much on my plate. One of these yeah. days, I'm just gonna take like a day and just make it a Dragon Ball Super day and just catch up. Oh yeah, except there's like a hundred some episodes <laughs> so oh, <I> got <laughs> yeah it's it's just so like the fight scenes are the animation is amazing and the like the they don't take as long you know so it's a lot more time friendly i guess you would say so when does um when does super take place because the reason why i kind of fell out of dragon ball because i did not like GT at all, mm-hmm. and that kind of killed my interest in Dragon Ball for the longest time. Well, GT wasn't part of the... Like, it wasn't made by the original creator. Um, so whenever the original creator decided to come back and make more, he basically said that he wasn't including anything from GT. He completely cut out GT from... So, so Super takes place, like, right after the Boo Saga. Okay. Yeah. So like, he just like okay, a GT doesn't happen anymore. This is yep. this, this is the true follow up. Okay. Yeah, they okay. took everything from GT out. Extra... No, yeah, that's right. Everything from GT was gone. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah, thank God. When you, I know G- Dragon Ball has uh, they have movies and there's also the live action, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. What's your favorite Dragon Ball movie? I really like Fusion Reborn. It's really good because it's the first time that they do. Uh, it's either Vegito or Gogeta. I always get the two mixed up. But it's like I think it's Gogeta in the movies and then yeah. Vegito in the Yeah. Okay. And then um, I really like the, the Trunks movie too. The history of Trunks is super good because it really goes into kind of what happened in Trunks' universe. Yeah. 
I uh, my favorite was the BoJack movie because I was such a big Gohan fan. Yeah, and that was fun. That was his movie to show that like, okay, my dad's gone. I'm the new protector, mm-hmm. and it's one of my the biggest like failing for the Buu saga for me is it's like Gohan goes from being set up as protector and then like, okay, yeah, it's been seven years of peace, but he he kind of gets weaker when the show establishes that he no he gets naturally stronger all the time. So I like that that movie explore, explores that, like, he is the guy taking up the mantle. And that, I don't know, just the ending of him just saying, I got one word for you, Kamehameha, and then boom, it's over. Yeah. It's, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That, I, I love all the movies. They're super, I mean, some of the beginning ones are kind of slower, but yeah, they're tree also of my... good. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And what, the second one's what, the, it's like the robot, right? It's been so long. I can't remember the order of them. It's been a long time since I've seen any of the movies. Besides, I've seen the super ones more recently. Because the super movies, um, like the first movie is the first saga in super. The second movie is the second saga in super. And then the third movie is uh, about Broly. So it's it was weird because there's already Broly movies. But they, they changed the story a little bit on, like, what happens and, like, who Broly is. Even as history has kind of changed some, which is interesting. Spoiler alert, is he back as bio-Broly? Is it just regular no, Broly? No, it's just regular bl- Broly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, so, we mentioned the movies. Like, we have to talk about the... <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. No. I don't, awful is too nice of a word. But <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. It was so bad. It was just... Okay, I yeah. What what went wrong in your opinion? Because for me, it's everything. everything but let's hear it in detail. Everything was wrong with it. All the characters were wrong. They literally took Dragon Ball... Because it was Dragon Ball. It wasn't Dragon Ball Z, apparently. I don't know. It's, it's, I try to just like forget... That movie exists, so I'm like not entirely sure what happens because I'm just I just it was just so bad that I tried to delete it from my memory. <laughs> but they they just Hollywooded it, if that's the word. They turned it into just like a just every, it was just all wrong. It was all wrong. <laughs> you think there? I mean, because Fox made it, so. Do you think there's a possibility, and I don't even know if they still have the rights, because not technically Disney owns Fox. I guess Disney, if they did, Disney would own it. Do you think there's a chance, first of all, do you think that they should ever do another live-action movie? And secondly, do you think it, it's even possible to do? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely possible to do. And even from watching, like, the Matrix movies and the way that they kind of do some of the stuff in there, you can tell that it is absolutely possible for them to make a Dragon Ball Z movie like look good. And the Matrix movies were forever ago, so even now, like it would be there's they could absolutely make a good one, but I don't want them to because I, even with other animes or animated shows, they just never do good they always try to um like americanize it i guess if it's that's a good way to say it because it's just it's usually not the same and it's cheesier or it's just like the story and they change stuff in it like the death note live action movie was like it was like 
as bad as Dragon Ball Evolution. It was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. It totally took uh, Death Note and just... <laughs> I know they said it was based off Death Note, but it was off. It was just awful. <laughs> I can't yeah, believe I, I even watched the whole is. thing. I don't know what it is, but like Hollywood can't do like animated and video game movies correctly. I've yet to see one that just works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, video game movies too. It's just... Yeah, no, it's not good. And like the Witcher one just scares me. I'm nervous, but it's the fact that it's like it's a series, and maybe they're gonna take their time with it. And maybe you know the problem with movies is you have to rush it. Except Netflix is the one who did the Death Note movie, so I really have no hope for. And I just don't think Henry Cavill was like a good choice for Geralt. I don't know. Who would you have casted? I have no idea. Just someone. Henry Cavill just has like his his face is too pretty for Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> it's too like Geralt's like rugged and and I guess it's supposed to be a younger Geralt, but I don't know. I just no. <laughs> when does when does The Witcher come out? Do you know? I do not know. Actually, I do not know. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, even so, know if they've released a like a date for it. I know that the tra- the trailer got released around the Comic Con. That's the only thing I've heard about it since. Okay. Yeah, I I saw the trailer. I don't remember seeing a date, but I feel like the trailer but... that just randomly pops up. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so when you saw the trailer, you weren't like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. You you're still very like hesitant. Yeah, I mean. The trailer looked good, but I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I'm just not super hopeful for it. And I guess it's good to not get your hopes up because then maybe it will be good, but I am definitely not keeping my hopes up for it. Well, speaking of hope, it's kind of a cheesy transition. One thing, like, you're like the biggest fan i can always ask you any questions about is star wars he's such a huge i think you're the biggest oh, yeah. and out there that's that is my opinion <laughs> so. uh, i'm definitely you, i'm like terrible at star wars trivia so i don't even know if i would fit in the biggest star wars fan but <laughs> it's when, so you, when did you first get to get into star wars like was it something you watched growing up or is it yeah, just something you came when you're a teenager I, my parents showed it to me and my sisters when we were little, like little, like elementary school age, and we loved it and would always rewatch the movies over and over again. And then I was nine when episode one came out, and I was super excited to go see it. I even like found an old diary that I had that was I like read the entry, and it's like 1999. Uh, and it was like, I'm going to see the new Star Wars movie, and I'm super excited. And it was like, I guess, two days before my birthday or something. So I was like, this is like the best birthday ever. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was, so I, in 1999, I was nine years old. So it, we were really young when we started watching it. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of hate for the prequel movies, but we've grown to love them. Yeah, it's weird. It's cut, pre- the prequels kind of gotten this like cult status now. With the pre- there's like prequel yeah, love coming up. So, 
I think it's because like I the people who've watched the original trio, you know, they were young when those came out, but I was young when the prequels came out. So to me, I still love the prequels because I was nine, ten years old when they started coming out. So and it was a totally different world that George Lucas made and I thought it was better than just trying to replicate almost exactly what happens in the original trio like they did in these new movies. With the the prequel trilogy, what's what's your favorite movie out of those three? Definitely episode three. It's so... The way that they portrayed, you know, Anakin turning into Darth Vader and just, like, it's dark for like a Star Wars movie, I feel like. It's definitely one of my favorites. I would say, you know, episodes five is my favorite. Just it's so good and it's just, it's the nostalgia one out of any of the movies. And then I absolutely adored Rogue One. So I think that's my second favorite Star Wars movie. I just thought it was perfect. And then episode three is definitely my like third favorite Star Wars movie. Because it's just That was no love for episode two? You don't like sand? No. It gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, episode two is, it's just like the love story almost of all I, and I know, I guess it had to be the stuff that happens in it, like had to be shown, like the rising of the clones and Anakin and Padme getting together. But the whole movie was just a giant cheese ball. And I would say we were trying to figure out which movie had the most memes and quotes come from it and i would say the most memorable ones are from episode three but there's definitely more in episode two get that so you mentioned the new trilogy how it's kind of just because we do have to give props to the prequel it's not taking it's like you said it's not taking like okay this is what worked in the in the 80s i'm just going to replicate that i'm going to try a new thing and people yeah, people not not everyone's gonna love it, but at least I'm trying something new. Whereas, yeah. and I do like Force Awakens, but it is yeah. more or less a retread of A New Hope. Yeah, it really was, and I understand why. I guess they did it because they wanted to access everyone's nostalgia and memory and love it, as opposed to how people felt about the prequels. And I think that's why they did it, but. I mean, they could have still come up with a different story and it have brought the same nostalgia from it. Like they did in Rogue One. It was the same, like, visuals. It was the same kind of original vibe. But it was a story that they had never told before. And I think it was very important information that we needed to know to help the Star Wars universe. Um so they could have done the same world, but gone with a more unique story. But it was still good. You know, episode seven and eight are still very visually appealing. And I definitely I really... Like it's, it's very controversy. Do you like Last Jedi or no? Um, I, I don't dislike any Star Wars movie, but I think that... I think that they could have done better. I I wonder if, I think the problem was that they had different directors for it. So maybe they had different um, hopes for it. So they, 
the story behind it was I just didn't like, but I still really liked a bunch of the visuals from it, like the the fights and except for I just thought the Finn and Rose story arc it uh, kind of it felt forced and it felt and it's their whole journey didn't even matter to the story like at the end it just I don't know it was just it just didn't seem to fit so yeah I think my problem with, with Last Jedi it's like you said how it they it's, it's the two different directors but they don't yes. know where they're going because clearly like the way episode seven ends, JJ has you set on to think, okay, Ray's parents are gonna be a big deal. Mm-hmm. The scene with Luke is gonna be this big defining moment. Yeah. And Snoke is gonna be something. But then episode eight, Ryan Johnson's like, well, just let me just take all that and just toss it away. None of that yeah. matters. And I, and I don't hate that. I don't. I, I like the turning your expectations. I, yeah. I like that Ray's parents are nobodies, but it's just like there's no consistent storytelling between these movies. Yeah, I like that they at least had an original idea, but it just still, that doesn't mean it was good. (laughs) But it was at least different. I don't know. I, and this kind of goes into like my thoughts in episode nine. I really wish the scene where like it's Kylo and Ray and it's notes a throne room. I wish Ray would have just gone with him right then. Because nobody would have saw it coming. That would have been such a good yeah. cliffhanger note. Whereas now, that. like, episode nine is teasing this dark ray, but it's, it, to me, it's the, we all know it's the end of this trilogy, so you don't want to end off of her being bad. So I really don't... I don't know what they meant by putting in dark ray because it was... It, it was too big of a thing. It was too big of a thing for them to put in a trailer. So, like, I just feel like maybe that's not going to be the most important part of the movie. Because why would they give away something like a Sith Ray that they... I don't know. It was just... <laughs> it was too big. It was too big for them to put in a trailer. And I can't believe they did that. So there has to be some if it's a reason. Sequence or just like a, a, a cop-out? Yeah, I feel like they just did it to try and get people excited for the movie. Because everyone was so disappointed in episode 8 that they were like, oh, let's put Dark Ray in the trailer and everyone's going to be super excited to see it and try to figure out why. Because, oh, the next scene is, you know, Jedi Ray fighting against Kylo. So it's like, uh, which is it? You know, did they literally just give away the ending by putting in Dark Ray? Like, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Clearly, want to give it as a hook to like, yeah, because the disappointment of episode eight. It was like, okay, let's, yeah. let's try to reel people in with, with this dark gray image. But I just, I, and then, then again, we haven't. The movie hasn't come out yet, so this is just speculating. I would hate it if it's a cop out because it's like you're marketing your movie now based off this image. Yeah, exactly. You know, what if it's like a flashback or like a premonition that one of them has? And she ends up overcoming it or something. You know, like Anakin had the visions that Padme was going to die during childbirth and stuff like that. Like, what if it's something like that? And then, yeah. Maybe. Because JJ's back for episode nine. Yeah. So I hope that he's going to, 
again, it's that whole like I gotta go back and do what the, what the other director set up and kind of close out my own storylines as well too. It's it's I feel bad for him in the sense because he has this like this really hard task of get, getting everyone back after the divisive split of Last Jedi. So I mean, yeah. if anyone could do it, it is probably JJ. But we'll see. I yeah, I think that he'll do good by the movies but it was still just a weird call that and like the emperor being back too kind of yeah. gets me like okay to me I, I like him exciting. back but it's like <laughs> you killed off Snoke so now you don't have a main villain so let's bring back Palpatine yeah it's like they were trying to touch like the prequel fan lovers like hey guess who's back Well, speaking of prequels, did you did you like Solo when it came out? Like, was it two years ago now? Uh, I don't know. It was okay, I guess. I liked the ending when. Have you seen Solo? I liked when you know Darth Maul came back. I thought that was cool, but I really just didn't enjoy the movie just because. I don't know. I didn't know. I feel like they just only made a Han Solo movie because he dies, and so they just did that to try and gain interest in people seeing it. And also, they released it in like June, which they've never done with a Star Wars movie before. And they had no like, there was no promotional stuff for it. So it kind of came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay." And yeah, it was okay. It was well done, but. It was crazy that the first trailer came out in, like, February, and I was just thinking, oh, my God, yeah. this movie's coming out in three months. Like, you're just now starting the promotion for this? Jesus. Yeah. yeah and then was, it, yeah. no one it's, no one really asked for a solo movie. No. That was, like, my biggest thing. It's like, wanted, was anyone really wanting a Han Solo prequel movie? No. No. People didn't want a Han Solo movie. People wanted an Obi-Wan movie, and they wanted a Boba Fett movie, which and they're then, finally giving it to us. But you, do you remember, like after after uh, Solo, like it didn't? Well, yeah, I was supposed to say it. It kind of bombed the box office. They're like, oh, let's just push back on doing these Star Wars spinoffs. I was like, no, damn it, I want my Obi Wan movie. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought when they announced the Han Solo movie. I was like, but, but Obi Wan. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so. Yeah, but at least he's finally he's getting the Disney Plus show, and I think which I yeah. think is better because you're going to instead of two to three hours you're actually going to get an eight hour story of obi-wan now oh yeah i'm excited that they're turning it into a show i think that gives them more time to give us content as opposed to them trying to shove like everything that they would want in an obi-wan movie like into two hours well what would you want in the obi-wan show okay what things that you want and things that that needs to happen in the show um I guess I'm trying to think of what would be better like a like in between what happens with the prequels and the the originals like there's such a huge gap I think that would be the perfect time timeline to have an Obi-Wan movie uh, or show because they would be able to show whatever he did you know during the, I know he might have been in hiding the whole time so maybe it wouldn't be that interesting but also like 
an origin story would be okay too, but there's such a huge gap between the Star Wars movies that they would almost be adding content to the Star Wars universe more if they made it take place in between the two series. Yeah, to me, like, this show's going to be great because I can't imagine Obi-Wan just sat around and did nothing for 30 years. There's, yeah. there's like an untapped story there that you, you can just do. Yeah. You can have Qui-Gon show up as a Force ghost and kind of, like, mentor him as well, too, kind of train him learning how to do the to be a Force ghost. And I th- I think you have to have Vader in this in the show, too, at some point. I, I think I so, I can't too. imagine that the last... Yeah, I, I don't think the last time that they saw each other was on that dying planet. It's like, no, they, they had to run into each other at least one more time. No. I... I think that they might possibly try to bring back Hayden Christensen as Anakin for like one part or something just to, <laughs> for nostalgia reasons, they might. And, um, but who knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think, I think you can bring back Hayden, bring back uh, uh, Jimmy Smith's uh, of Ghana, mm-hmm. bring back uh, Luke's, I can't remember his name, Luke's uncle. Yeah. Who, yeah. I don't. Uh, Ben? It's Uncle Ben, right? No, because it's Ben Kenobi. Oh. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember his name. <laughs> I, like, just watched the movies, too. Not, like, like a month ago. We watched through them all. Yeah, I think you have all this story that you could just do. And I think that you can see, like, a young Luke just kind of walking around as well. Yeah. Kind of, kind of get their relate, like a little bit of their relationship. Because in the beginning, Luke he knows Ben Kenobi, and they have already this mentory relationship. So we can see this, the little start of that. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think that would be good. Well, yeah, because he knows him. He's like old Ben, so he like knew him before he knew he was Obi Wan. So it would totally fit to have him in the story too. Now, that's not the only Disney Plus show they're doing. The Mandalorian comes out first. How excited mm-hmm. are you for that? I'm pretty excited for that, too. Um, I, I'm i more excited for Obi-Wan, but I think that the, they maybe have a lot more... It, like, I think maybe people expect more from the Mandalorian one because it's going to... We don't know much about Boba Fett or Jango Fett like, compared to Obi-Wan. So it's really going to just be, like, a lot more broad content that they could include. Yeah, I'm excited for the, I'm excited for the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's more... I like them expanding the Star Wars universe, and this is why I always hated the idea of Rey's parents being, like, somebody mm-hmm. from the original trilogy, because that's just making the universe so small. It's just... It's this big universe that you can just do, have your own characters and just put your own story into it. So that's why, like, The Mandalorian, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Obi-Wan more, but I'm really excited for The Mandalorian to kind of open up the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think they're both going to be good. Um, I I think it'll be good. <laughs> uh, the, the Cassian Andor series, I'm also looking forward to as well, because he was one of my yeah. favorites from Rogue One. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm excited for all of it. <laughs> now, are you excited for? Because I know Game of Thrones just ended, so now we're gonna get the Benioff and Weiss trilogy after this, uh, after Rise of the Skywalker. How are you? Are you ready for them to take over Star Wars? No, I'm probably <laughs> not gonna watch it. 
they've ruined Game of Thrones. So why would I support any of their other content? I'm just not okay with how that went. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a little worried. I I haven't. I started watching Game of Thrones. I'm not at the part where everyone hates yet, but like. Yeah, seeing you that just stop out. after season. It was like seven, season six. Seven. I should just stop. Yeah, just be like, oh, what a great ending, <laughs> and just leave it. <laughs> I, I have to finish. I'm such a completion list. I know, but, but it's just I'm not. I mad didn't like how like, they they had like I'm the not... post like uh, Game of Thrones panel at Comic Con that they just decided not to show up to. It's like, okay, okay come on, guys, stick to your stuff. Like, don't be cowards. Oh yeah. They're gonna get roasted if they ever, even if they come for Star Wars one year. People are just gonna ask them Game of Thrones questions. I don't care. Like I, I, I was fine with what happened in the story. I just don't like how they got there because it was completely rushed and they just like stuff that happens in the show doesn't even matter. It just doesn't even matter because of what they did. Well, now those Fair two enough. are going to be taken through your Star Wars universe. <laughs> so that's, that's your future now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I do not think I will be seeing anything that they make just to try and I just don't want to support them. From They literally ruined one of the greatest TV shows that was on television ever. Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy how like at, at its peak, the Game of Thrones interest is such like it was so everywhere. But then these last yeah, two seasons, you get to see the like the hate yeah. grow or everything. Well, they, they've even said in interviews that they were tired of making it. Then just hand it to someone else who will take care of it <laughs> instead of just rushing through it. They were so star- excited yeah. to do Star Wars, and they just didn't give a shit about Game of Thrones anymore. Yeah, if you're like a showrunner who's just tired of doing his own show, you just just hand it off. Like, look at Supernatural, like. The original yeah. creator, Eric Kripke, he left at season five because, okay, I, I told my five-year story. Yeah. I don't know if I can do this any longer. If you imagine if he, I mean, granted, there are some seasons Supernatural do kind of get little, eh. Yeah. But at least, like, the showrunner who's there is interested in the product. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they should have done. They just didn't want to give it up. They are too cocky. I don't know. They just like the, the money from HBO coming in. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. Oh, well. All right, Amber, that's all the time that we got okay. for today. Put yourself over. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. My name on there is Ember Gray underscore cosplay. I'm also on Facebook. Um, I'm a lot more active, though, on Instagram. But if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Ember Gray cosplay on there as well. You also have, what, like, I've seen a coffee? What's, what, first of all, oh, what, yeah. What? Um, I have a Ko-Fi. Uh, the link is on my Instagram. Uh, you are able to go on there and just buy me a coffee if you want to support me um, and like my cosplay endeavors because it gets really expensive. Um, so I'm not able to do some of the stuff that I really want to do because I can't even afford it. Um, so that helps me. Uh, and I even have a goal on there. Like if you want to see me do a Monster Hunter cosplay, I have a goal on there. Once I reach the goal, I'll be able to afford to make one. Well, yeah, you guys uh, go, is it, is it Kofi or Coffee? Because I want to keep saying Coffee. Yeah, it's Kofi. It's K-O-F-I. Um, and that's just, like, the name that I chose to, like, give by Ember a coffee. Um, so, yeah. And then once I reach 
10,000 followers on Instagram, I plan to make a Patreon. But before then, I don't think it's worth it. Well, you're already at a 3K, so you're at Iron Man yeah. status. Yeah. Yep. Love you, 3,000. All my fans. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. And like I said, guys, follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And buy her, yeah, buy her coffee. Support, yeah. support the cosplayers. Yeah. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, thanks. All right. Not a problem. Thank you so much.